What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. On today's episode, one giant market story. Bitcoin, the world's biggest cryptocurrency, is now accessible to old-school investors after the regulatory approval of exchange-traded funds. One of the players who pushed it forward, Grayscale CEO Michael Sonnenschein. We knew it was coming. We, we were optimistic. We, we were steadfast in our conviction around this. But this is really the culmination of 10 years of work. Grayscale's big transition, the Bitcoin futures ETF today trading as a spot Bitcoin ETF. It is going to be, as of this morning, the second largest spot commodity ETF in the world. It has $28 billion of assets under management. And ARK Invest's Kathy Wood. Her firm's spot Bitcoin ETF offering has a different appeal, like her really bullish outlook on the asset. Our base case is in the $600,000 range. Our bull case is $1.5 million by 2030. The fee war, the future of Bitcoin, and Kathy Wood's big ideas. It is the first global, decentralized, digital, rules-based, critical there, rules-based monetary system in history. It is a very big idea. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. It's Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Quite a day, quite a day. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And here we are. It's Thursday morning. Why don't we take a look at where the U.S. equity future stands right now? If you haven't heard, it's a watershed for Bitcoin and for crypto in general. Pension funds and other institutional investors can now hold Bitcoin without actually holding Bitcoin. After over 10 years of resolve, the SEC overturned its long-held opposition to spot Bitcoin ETFs. It was a landmark decision to approve 11 of 13 applications, albeit a begrudging one if you read the SEC statement. SEC Chair Gary Gensler wrote, While we approved the listing and trading of certain spot Bitcoin ETP shares, we did not approve or endorse Bitcoin. Investors should remain cautious. Now, just so we're all on the same page, here's what a spot Bitcoin ETF is. An ETF is basically a mutual fund that trades like a stock, can be bought and sold throughout the day, and tracks a particular asset or sector. A Bitcoin ETF trades on Bitcoin futures contracts. The underlying asset is an agreement on the future price of Bitcoin. It's aimed to mimic the exact spot price of Bitcoin. A spot Bitcoin ETF trades on Bitcoin itself. It's direct exposure to Bitcoin without actually owning Bitcoin. It's for the hodlers and the non-hodlers, if you will. The spot Bitcoin ETF issuers, the Grayscales, BlackRocks, and ARK Invests of the world, are offering shares of their own Bitcoin holdings to investors. 
This big approval milestone was basically 10 years in the making, but the push really amped up in the last two years when Grayscale applied to convert its Bitcoin futures ETF into a spot Bitcoin ETF. It was denied, and then it appealed. And then Grayscale won big, a precursor milestone to this week's milestone. The federal appeals court ruled in Grayscale's favor and ordered the SEC to reconsider the application. The CEO of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, reacted to the final SEC approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs with Andrew Ross Sorkin. It took a long time. I want to give a big shout out to Grayscale, which is one of the firms that pursued this in the court to finally get it to fruition. But it finally happened. Uh, We had a number of ETFs approved today. And of course, it was a big day for Coinbase, too, because we were named as the custodian in 10 out of 13 of these applications. Coinbase definitely has a big stake in this. It's the custodian for the majority of the ETFs approved, like Brian said, which, by the way, there are 11 that began trading today. Issuers like BlackRock, Franklin Templeton, Wisdom Tree, they all chose Coinbase to manage their Bitcoin assets. It's not necessarily guaranteed all good news for Coinbase, but that's another episode. Right now, it's all about fees. Even before the SEC gave its official okay, the issuers were slashing fee prices for investors trying to get into their spot Bitcoin ETFs. Bitcoin bull, crypto investor, and guest on our TV broadcast this morning, Anthony Pompliano, said it best. It's a fee war. Yeah, I mean, this is a fee war. The lowest is 0% fees for six months, and then after that, it's 0.2%. That would be bitwise. On the other end of the spectrum, the highest, is Grayscale, sitting at 1.5%. Here's Pomp again. Grayscale was at 2%, they dropped to 1.5%, right? And people are like, why didn't they drop all the way down to 0.2%? Well, the big thing is, if you want to go sell your Grayscale and try to roll somewhere else, you're going to have to pay taxes, unless you're in a tax advantage account. So there's a lot of assets that are going to stay in Grayscale. Speaking of Grayscale, Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin spoke to CEO of Grayscale this morning on our TV broadcast. It was his first interview since the approval, just hours before his hard-fought ETF made its first trade. Here's Andrew. Joining us right now, first on CNBC, is Grayscale CEO Michael Sonnenschein. Good morning to you. Good morning. You were getting a shout-out from Brian Armstrong. I don't know if you saw a little bit earlier, uh, because a lot of this would not have happened had you not uh, pursued this in the way you did. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask you just broadly, what, I mean, did you guys celebrate last night? What, what's, the, what's going on here? You know, the last couple of hours have just been a complete blur. Um, when we got that phone call yesterday that our 19B4 had been approved and our S3 had been deemed effective, um, it was almost an out-of-body experience. You knew it was coming. You know, I, I, I think we knew it was coming. We've, we were optimistic. We, we were steadfast in our conviction around this. But this is really the culmination of 10 years of work. Um, investor support, the Grayscale team, everybody's been working tirelessly towards this outcome. Okay, so what does this fundamentally mean, though, for Grayscale? Um, it means it's um, the beginning of having GBTC trade on the New York Stock Exchange, right? We've now have a whole family of investment products that have been following a very prescribed life cycle from private placement now all the way to ETF. GBTC is the first of those products to do that. And now the rest of the Grayscale family of products can start to move along that continuum Let me ask as you well. A question, though. You were a monopoly of sorts prior to this, which was if you wanted access to Bitcoin, not under owning it directly, but in the form of a fund, if you will. Yep. You were the only way to do it. Now you're going to have to compete against 10 plus others, uh, many of which are going to try to do it at a much lower fee schedule than you do. Yep. What is that going to do? 
Well, we've been prepared uh, for a world in which there are multiple spot products. GBTC has certainly been the product that has forged the path for all of these other issuers to come to market. Our court victory, our guts, our operations, our disclosures, our work with the SEC. Um, investors should have choice, but GBTC is coming to market in a very differentiated way. It is going to be, as of this morning, the second largest spot commodity ETF in the world. It has $28 billion of assets under management. And other issuers may try and differentiate on fees. For GBTC, it's about size, liquidity, and track record. So one of the things, actually, I don't know if you saw, Anthony Pompliano was on the broadcast earlier. He made an interesting point, given that your fees are going to be materially higher than a BlackRock uh, or just about almost everybody else. Yeah. He said, look, these guys may not need to go after new money. They just need to keep the money they've got and maybe even build upon that with other, with other ETFs and other funds. Is that the strategy that you're pursuing or is there something else going on? Well, I think we're certainly focused on building the ecosystem around GBTC. So, for example, GBTC trading on the OTC market since 2015 never had listed options, right? Now that it trades on NYSE, you can now see the development of an options market around GBTC. So you really can see how investors um, can continue to compile their Bitcoin exposure around a market leading but, but product what's the, like what's the distinction between me going off and buying the BlackRock fund versus buying yours? It's about the asset manager that's behind it. We're a crypto specialist. We've weathered all different types of speed bumps and advancements within the crypto ecosystem. For a lot of these asset managers and issuers, this is the first time they're going to be dealing with the complexities that go into running these types of products. And the, and but the, you don't think Black, Black, BlackRock's up to the... To to the ta challenge? You know, I'm not going to speculate on how well other asset managers will or won't navigate that. But what I can say is that over these last 10 years, we have learned countless times through countless cycles that this is not a straightforward. But, so why, are, why are your fees higher? 1.5% versus 0.2% for a lot of these I companies. think that you will, you know, Becky, we've talked about fees. We promised investors we'd lower fees. We did. We've reduced by 25%. You have countless examples across the ETF space where you have category leaders that are not the lowest cost no, option. No, but Michael, when you look at the fees for everybody across the board, you are significantly, significantly multiples higher than everybody else out there. Why? Yes, because GBTC has differentiated characteristics. There are not there are no assets in these other products. They're starting from zero. And GBTC, again, has that market leading liquidity. It traded over six hundred and fifty million dollars notionally yesterday alone. Um, I know, and but BlackRock is like the biggest of the big. If you're just looking about liquidity and where you have things backed up, like what I, 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 I'm, I'm really curious. Make the case for me why I should pay one and a half percent versus zero to zero point two percent. Well, we certainly did a lot of research around this. The market in the U.S. is just starting today. If you look at other geographies around the world, you have seen products that have fees that carry anywhere from 125 basis points to even 175 basis points, whether that's in Europe, Canada, elsewhere. Um, so there are market precedents for crypto but products as well. What are the pitfalls? I mean, you said you learned a lot over the last 10 years. To the extent that we have to watch and be careful about, let's say, everybody else, I'll just, where can they screw it up? What, what are the problems that these funds could have? He's, so if you're, he's dancing. You're going to have to come down. No, no. He's going to have to come. You're well, going to have to come down. You can, you can tell. You can stand on I'm your head if and you're tell a customer, us that If you're a customer buying an ETF, have to come down. how can it get screwed up? Can't. Tell me how it gets screwed up Can't. so that I understand why 
going with you might be better than going with a, a newer player who could sure. screw it up, arguably. So again, we're a crypto specialist. There have been times over the course of Bitcoin's history when transactions have gotten clogged in the mempool, when there have been forks and airdrops on the Bitcoin network, when we have had to work proactively with um, you know, whether it's accountants, auditors, to transform accounting systems to account for eight decimal places that Bitcoin has, right? Pompliano said it's because you have a lot of assets already and that you are basically gating them by keeping them there. So. In, in we tax, in we are not gating assets sell. at all. We not actually in tax are. But tax not, in, not in legitimately gating. He now, said, he now just that said that you were gating, just that the, the, yeah. the concept it, it, is it that a lot of those people much. who are already with you It'll may not actually want to leave because of the taxes and therefore they will stay, arguably, right. so stay you, longer, so you, and that you can right. pay, they'll pay a higher fee. So you might fee. as well keep it there for you a while. Might as well keep it there. Does that make any sense to you? Sure. And I think a lot of investors will continue to stay with us. They've right. had a positive experience being in Grayscale, opening this opportunity to them as early as 2015, right. whether that's a brokerage account, retirement can, can account. Can you speak to the, the prospect of consolidation? Because one of the other things is we're talking now about a dozen or so of these things. Sure. A year from now, if we're sitting together here at this table, are a dozen folks really selling? I mean, maybe there's even more, but I mean, as, in terms of major players? It's a great question. We're going to have to continue to monitor it. I did see Anthony's uh, answer this morning when he was sitting down with you, and I think he's pretty spot on, no pun intended. Right. Um, there will be some consolidation, right? You will see some of these products either peter out, or you will see that a couple of them right. amass significant enough AUM to still we, we have relevance. When was it when we decided it wasn't going to happen. Remember when the SEC person was on and they said, yeah, we probably won't necessarily do it. That wasn't Maybe that six long. Six months ago. Was it six? I mean, when we first filed our lawsuit, people gave us 30% odds of winning right. that court case. Um, and look at where we ended up. We had a unanimous victory in the her? D.C. But circuit. I don't know what happened to her. I just wanted to go back to the consolidation idea. Do yeah. you see yourself as a consolidator, meaning could you imagine trying to buy up other companies so that you can have a bigger market share in this space? Or do you stay strictly crypto? Do you sure. get into other types of uh, funding mechanisms? Certainly anything is possible. Would you sell your company? Anything is possible. We have continued to file for other ETFs, which I'd love to come back and talk to you guys about, opening up new thematic categories of investing, such as privacy, where we're right. bringing together privacy within the digital asset realm and privacy within the equities realm as well. And then final question, at least for me, um, the Barry Silbert of it all. So you had uh, two board members. Barry, of course, was uh, one of them. Digital Currency Group has been accused uh, by Letitia James, New York Attorney General, uh, of allegedly defrauding more than 230,000 investors, including 29,000 New Yorkers, of more than a billion dollars. He stepped off your board, uh, what, about two, and two, three weeks ago now, yep. ahead of this. How much of that was a related issue, which was that you were worried you would not get approval if he was on your board. And what does it say that he is still a big uh, investor in your company? Well, first of all, zero connection to GBTC's uplisting, Barry stepping off the board. If anything, this entire community owes credit to Barry for thinking of launching Grayscale and Grayscale Bitcoin Trust in 2013. People thought he was insane that investors will want access and exposure to crypto uh, or Bitcoin specifically in a regulated investment product. Um, and it's really his vision that's been carried out today. Michael Sunshine, congratulations. Thank you. Quite a day. 
Next on Squawk Pod, Aunt Kathy, the beloved by Reddit traders anyway, ARK Invest CEO and CIO Kathy Wood on her firm's spot Bitcoin ETF trading for the first time today. Many people know us for our Tesla position, but Bitcoin actually uh, be, was more controversial first when we uh, gained exposure to it in 2015. Why her fund's fees are a lot lower than Grayscale's and why her bull case for Bitcoin is sitting at $1.5 million. It is a very big idea. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. We just heard from Grayscale's Michael Sonnenschein on his fund's fee for investors trying to get a piece of Bitcoin through GBTC. It's sitting right at 1.5%, the highest by a wide margin of all the spot Bitcoin ETF issuers. ARK Invest and 21 shares are offering a spot Bitcoin ETF on the other side of the spectrum at 0.0% for the first six months at least, and then after that, 1.21%. It's the second lowest option on the market. So once that fee war shakes out, what's next? Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong told Andrew there might be even more crypto in Wall Street's future. This will hopefully pave a way for other crypto assets to have their own ETFs. We should have index funds for crypto assets too, just like the S&P 500. You know, hopefully maybe one day it'll be the Coinbase 500 or something like that. And you could even imagine different um, index funds that focus on, you know, DeFi or, or staking or NFTs or different subsets of the crypto market. The Wall Street icon Kathy Wood is also banking on some really big ideas for crypto. Straight up and Andrew, Kyron, one and two. Here's Andrew. Joining us right now is ARK Invest CEO and CIO Kathy Wood. Good morning to you. Good morning, Andrew. Happy so, day. I, I, it's a happy day for a lot of people uh, in the space that you've been uh, living in now for quite some time. The big question I wanted to ask you, and it's really we, we've now talked to a, a, a number of players in this space, is as you introduce your ETF, what, how are customers, the public, supposed to think of the distinctions between the way you're doing it, the way BlackRock's doing it, the way Fidelity's doing it, the way Grayscale's doing it, and how should they, they think about the distinctions? Sure. Uh, we think ARKB uh, is, has three competitive advantages. Um, the first is uh, the infrastructure and operations um, competitive advantage. We are partnered with 21 shares, which is the largest pure play crypto ETP provider in the world. It has $2.5 billion of assets, 
40 funds over five years through all kinds of markets and forks and halvings and airdrops. So it's been through it all, battle-tested, so our infrastructure is there. And I think uh, I think it's the only one, uh, we're the only ones with both uh, the crypto and the ETF expertise. Uh, two, um, our research. We have been researching uh Bitcoin for 10 years, actually more than that, uh, uh, with Brett Winton, our chief futurist. Uh, and uh, I, we are giving our research away. We have been educating the community. So has 21 shares. Uh, and I think we're recognized for our, our Bitcoin uh, research. And in fact, many people know us for our Tesla position. But Bitcoin actually uh, be, was more controversial first when we uh, gained exposure to it in 2015 when Bitcoin was only $250. And then there's one more competitive advantage, which I don't think people should underestimate. Our uh, distributor, Resolute, has been uh, a partner since 2016. Uh, so that sales force had to learn what Bitcoin was and, and they had to study it and they had to read our research, gain conviction. They know how to hold clients' hands. So we think ARKB has those three very important competitive advantages. Longer term, and we've now asked a similar question to some of the others this morning as well, how many ETFs do you think can win in this space, given the competition among them, the commoditization of it, and the pricing? Sure. Um, well, I, I don't know the answer to that. Typically, uh, typically it's just a few. Um, but And I do think that the fees make a difference. We have approached this differently from uh, some others. We believe that Bitcoin is a public good. It is what we what we have here, we believe, is a financial superhighway. It is the layer of the internet that developers did not build in in the early 90s because no one ever foresaw commerce or financial services, a public good. And so we're not looking to maximize profits here. 21 basis points, 21, 21 shares is our partner. 21 million Bitcoin is the number that will, uh, the maximum number that can be printed. Okay, now let's talk pricing, or I shouldn't say pricing, um, but the price of Bitcoin. You and I have had conversations now over many years where you've talked about Bitcoin being worth something on the order of $500,000, uh, literally in only a couple of years from now. Do you stand by that? How does this ETF uh, change that, uh, speed that up, slow it down? What do you think? Yes. Uh, so you'll find in our big ideas, so that's at arc-invest.com, the building blocks uh, for our price forecast. Uh, and our base case uh, is in the $600,000 range. Our bull case, uh, and we think the probability of the bull case has increased with this SEC approval. This is a green light. Our bull case is $1.5 million by 2030. You can see the building blocks. You can see how conservative we are in terms of those building blocks. Uh, this is a big idea. It is a it is the first global decentralized digital rules-based, critical there, rules-based monetary system in history. Uh, it is a very big idea. And it, let me ask you the, the separate question, which is, do you believe that for it to get to those type of numbers, it has to become a currency, not just an asset? 
Um, one of the things that Brian Armstrong was talking about is he thinks that this is just going to create a lot more interest in crypto uh, across the board and that that is what's going to actually propel this and may even change the dynamic with which Bitcoin is being used, which is currently today as digital gold or something like that, but potentially actually could uh, leapfrog into the currency that people have talked about for many years. Yes. Uh, uh, our first paper on this was in 2015. The white paper is still on our site. And uh, we tried to figure out, could Bitcoin serve the three roles of money? Store of value, uh, as you say, most uh, people agree with that one. Uh, means of exchange, unit of account. And the answer to that was yet. Yes. Uh, we put out a, a Bitcoin brainstorm uh, with our par partner, Bitcoin Park in Nashville. And uh, it, it examines the convergence of artificial intelligence and Bitcoin. And you'll hear uh, his nickname's Roast Beef on that uh, podcast. Talk about that convergence and how it's going to uh, redefine the division of labor. It's probably going to put the gig economy on steroids. And it's starting already in the emerging markets, in Africa in particular. So it's very exciting. I don't think people understand how hard at work these the developers around the world have been. Uh, Lightning Network is a, a big part of leveraging uh, leveraging the base layer uh, Bitcoin. So we're very excited. And we're so happy that ARKB is going to be part of the ecosystem. Kathy, uh, before we let you go, I want to pivot for a moment uh, to Tesla, one of the other big topics that you've been bullish on for quite some time. I don't know if you just saw this news that crossed earlier. Hertz uh, selling about 20,000 EVs um, in part because they have not found the interest uh, among users who get to a Hertz. Um, I know that there's a computer system in every Tesla, which will tell you where you can go find the pump, but folks who are using them for the first time sometimes, or other people get to an airport who know they have to go for a three-hour drive, it may not be, or it appears that it, clearly the interest is not there just yet. What do you think of that? Yeah, when we first saw that announcement yesterday, uh, we we thought, okay, is this the uh, turnover of cars that I think every eight months uh, Hertz turns over cars? Um, uh, so there may be some of that. I don't know about you, but when a Tesla shows up and an Uber shows up and it's a Tesla, I'm delighted. It del and 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 people will pay up for this. Uh, we know that the maintenance on electric vehicles is 60% lower than uh, that of uh, gas-powered vehicles. So that's a consideration. One thing um, that you might be hitting on is people have to get used to um, this ecosystem. And yes, you're going to be at a charging station for maybe 15, 20 minutes if you're going on a long, uh, long ride. But I doubt they're getting rid of Teslas. So you think that among those 20,000 vehicles, those are not going to be Teslas? That's your, that's your gamble? I, I believe uh, that there is a demand. We've talked to Uber drivers. Uh, they love it. They right. get paid more for, for Teslas. Oh, so. I don't disagree. I love getting in the back of an Uber if, uh, if it's a Tesla. There's no question. I think the bigger question is whether it's an infrastructure issue as it relates to the rental industry and the fleets that they have as it relates to either Tesla or more broadly EVs. I think it's education. I think that's the issue. I have known uh, people who just figure they're going to hop into a Tesla for the first time, uh, renting from Hertz and, and, and other places. 
and and they learn, oh, okay, this is the ecosystem I have to get used to. But by the end of those trips, once they've gotten used to the ecosystem, they actually are thrilled and are thinking about buying a Tesla for their next car. Kathy Wood, uh, we appreciate uh, your time and perspective this morning. Talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. That's Squawk Pod for today. Thank you for listening. And a programming note for you. The Squawk Box team is heading to Davos, Switzerland this weekend for the World Economic Forum. Stay tuned to this feed. We have an amazing lineup of business leaders and global CEOs, and we'll publish them right here in a series of special podcasts. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in to CNBC live on weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. to catch them, or you can follow Squawk Pod wherever you're listening now and catch all the highlights. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. Your small business is booming, you might say, but you should say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and we'll help your growing business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.